Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 253. When you feel like you are struggling, that you just don't even know what the heck you're doing or if it's even worth it to keep going, but you got to keep going and just trust yourself. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and I'm thrilled that you're joining me here today for the show. I wanted to start off by telling you about a project that I've been working on the end of last year that has kind of gone over into this year, too. You know how once you dive into something, it starts becoming bigger and bigger? You identify one thing that needs changing and it leads to another and then something else pops up. That's what happened to me. I started with revising some of my blog articles and I also wanted to totally redo my getting acquainted emails. So those are the emails that get sent out to people when they're first joining into our community here. Anyway, from time to time, they need a spruce up. There were also freebies that needed to be adjusted. I had an old logo that had changed over time, so I hadn't caught all the places where that needed to be adjusted. And I had also rebranded a couple of years ago and switched out the tone of the yellow that I'm using. And as you know, I advise you to keep your brand consistent across all platforms. Consistency is really important to developing trust with people who are following you. So I had two shades of yellow out there, absolutely drove me crazy. Everything needed to be fixed. (laughs) I felt like everywhere I turned, there was just another fix to do and another fix to do. Far be it for me to leave these things out there in the shape that they were now that I knew about them. So consequently, I did a whole overhaul. And that was not easy, I have to tell you, given that I had broken my wrist on January 1st. Some of you already know that. And so I'm temporarily a lefty trying to type. Pretty interesting. (laughs) Anyway, I am so happy to say that this whole revamp is now complete. Every article, support material downloads, everything is spanking new. And even my fabulous Get Acquainted funnel. They're all fresh and in line with the brand. And I have to give a shout out here to Abby Herman of Right Solutions, who led the charge on all of this. Now, why do I bring this up? For two reasons. One, how are your blog articles, online images, email campaigns? Have you looked lately? Time goes so fast and it's easy just to let these things go. But remember, these are the first things someone sees when they visit your website and maybe your one and only chance to make an impression. The second reason I bring this up is I want you to go check out my site. Read a couple of the blog articles, download some of the freebies. There's a lot of value in free information sitting there for you. I'm not going to suggest that you go to a specific one because everyone's in a different place and what will be valuable for you may be different from someone else. This is all over at giftbizunwrapped.com, and I hope you do go and check it out. So let's move on and talk about the show today. 
We're going to be chatting about a business owned by three sisters. I met them in person and honestly could have hung out with them all afternoon. You'll hear how Ancestry DNA led to the inspiration of their brand. They clearly love what they do, enjoy working together, and have identified a spin on their product that sets them apart from others, quote unquote, seemingly making something similar. If you're in any way hesitant about starting your business because you think your market is saturated, these girls have something to tell you. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Sharita Lucas from Dosa Naturals. Dosa Naturals is all about paying homage to the women who paved the way for Sharita and her two sisters. They were inspired by stories of their great-grandmother, Dosa, who was born in Mississippi and had an affinity for magnolias. Grandma Dosa instilled a strong sense of pride and simple beauty and stressed the importance of honoring the outside of your body as well as the inside. Not only did she insist on using natural methods to accentuate her natural beauty, she also understood and advocated for daily skincare practices free of harmful chemicals. She knew that natural was better. Less is More defines the brand today since most of their products contain less than nine powerfully effective ingredients. Dosa is also environmentally conscious. And catch this, you guys, such a smart thing. They pay their customers to ship back their empty containers so they can use them again and again. We're going to hear about that and more very quickly. Sharita, welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Hi, Sue. How are you? I'm doing great this morning. How are you? I am doing wonderful. There's no snow. I love that. And it's nice and sunny right here in Indiana. So I'm having a good morning so far. (laughs) Well, for me, I agree with everything you said, except I wish there were like two feet of snow on the ground because that's just what I love. (laughs) People who have hung out with me for a while know I'm all about the snow. (laughs) No, I don't know if we can be friends anymore, Sue. I'm sorry. You know how we can. You just send it up to me. That's all. If you start seeing it, just go out and blow really hard and just send it over to me in Chicago and we're all good. (laughs) Okay, I can do that. Okay. So now that I shared with you and some of our listeners who might be first timers listening to the show a little bit about me, I want to talk more about you. And I have a tradition here on the show to have you describe yourself in a different and creative way. And that is through a motivational candle. So if you were to envision a candle that just resonates who you are, Sharita, what would that candle look like and what would it say? All right. So resonates with me. The color of my candle would be sky blue. I would say blue, but I have to go in a little deeper and say sky blue. And I say sky blue because it reminds me of the color of the sky. And when I look at the sky, I see vastness and I see limitless and I see beauty. So that's the color of my candle. It would be sky blue. And what would be on that candle is believe in the abundance of the universe. And I say that because when I started my business, it's not anything completely different, right? There are a lot of skincare companies out there. There are a lot of people out there that claim to have natural products. And I was a little timid and a little afraid in the beginning because how am I going to stand out and can I even compete in the category? But then I read a quote that said, believe in the abundance of the universe. 
And that spoke to me. It said to me that the universe has a lot out there and there's something for everyone. And you can compete in the same category. That's fine. There's enough room in the category for many people. So believe in the abundance in the universe when you're looking at your sky blue candle. Oh my gosh, it's so true. And we have just set the stage for such a wonderful conversation. And I agree with you so much, Sharita. And I think a lot of people, I'm not going to go into my stories here because we're going to talk about your story, but I do encounter a lot of people who feel exactly like what you're talking about. The industry, the area that they want to get into with their product is already so saturated that there's no room for them at all. And then they feel defeated before they've even ever started. That's right. Before they even get out there. Yeah. And I just have to say, so let me start off by telling everybody how we met. Okay. I was at the one of a kind show in Chicago. They do the show twice a year and it's all handmakers. So you guys, you know, I was like in my glory <laughs> because there's <are> so <laughs> many beautiful products there. It was getting to be the end of the day. I was exhausted. It was also the end of my birthday weekend and my girlfriends had taken me out for a big weekend. So I was just like, okay, we're going up and down these aisles just a little bit more and then we are going home. <laughs> and I ran into your booth and your sisters were there and there was just so much fun and so much energy there. And I mm -hmm. did still have a couple of gifts that I needed to get. And I just went in and I wasn't sure what I was looking for, but it was the energy you guys had, yes. which really attracted me to you guys. And then we started talking and then we started talking flavors. And remember, like it was really fun and really playful. I left after multiple purchases with a lot of bags in such a great mood. So when you talk about your quote and the abundance and your color too, the optimism and the potential, it just oozes from you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had so much fun meeting you too that day. Yeah, That was a lot of fun. You made my day. Oh, well, then we did it together. <laughs> we reciprocated that good vibes, right? Yes. So then I'm like, okay, I need to know more of their story. And one of your sisters... And I want to get into who they are as we go. But one of your sisters was starting to say something. I'm like, stop. I don't want to talk about it. Will you guys be on my podcast? And both your other two sisters pointed to you. <laughs> They're like, she's our girl. She'll be on it. <laughs> They're always throwing me under the bus, man. Always me. But that's cool. You're the natural upfront visibility PR person, I guess. And I'm the oldest, too. Oh, okay. I'm the oldest of the three, so that's why they do that, too. It's big sister. They always push out in front. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, you can claim the role, and you do it admirably already, I know. Aw, thank you, too. But let's go back. Let's now take a step back a little bit. Tell me specifically, maybe a little bit of your background, but how this idea started and then clearly how you decided to get your sisters involved as well. Let's go back into that story a little bit. I was like, I feel like I feel this like, do, 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 let's go back. <laughs> That's Hi. right. Yeah. Well, you know, my family, we've always been serial entrepreneurs. You know, my parents, we didn't have anything. We grew up in Cabrini Green, which is low-income housing on the south side of Chicago. And my parents had me when they were 16 and 18 years old, so they didn't have much of an education, and neither did my grandparents. But my parents always wanted more for us girls. There are three of us. I have two sisters, as you talked about earlier. 
And my youngest sister decided that she was going to start a lingerie company, right? And she called it Exotic Look Lingerie. And she was doing that. And so I said, all right, well, since we're doing lingerie, the natural extension of lingerie is skincare. Because we were talking about talking to these women as we were introducing this lingerie to them. And it just felt like the natural connection, the natural next piece. So we started Exotic Look Naturals. Well, it was pretty much just me because my sister wanted to stay on the lingerie side and I was on the natural side. And long story short, Exotic Look Lingerie fell off. It didn't do too well. But I was really into the naturals, right? That part of me. I had a daughter that was born with a seizure disorder. I learned that one of my core values is authenticity. So I wanted to give people similar to me with similar values and things like that. I wanted to give them a natural skincare alternative. So that's how the business started. Now, the name came about during Thanksgiving, which is one of my favorite holidays because it's the one time of the year where I get all of the ridiculously fat <laughs> food that I watch my grandma and my mother make. It's the one time I get to do that. And as you do at Thanksgiving, you know, you get together and you reminisce and at least my family does. And we talk about a lot of different things. And I was introduced to Ancestry.com and I was introduced to my second great grandmother whose name was Dosa. And I thought, oh my goodness, what an amazing name. And I found out she was from Mississippi and she had an affinity for magnolias, which is the Mississippi state flower. So if you look at my logo, my logo has the magnolia kind of popping through the O and my company's name is Dosa, which is paying homage to my second great grandmother. And the rest is history. Oh, my gosh. So it all came about. It's kind of total family business, even over and above your sisters then. Oh, yeah. I mean, because everybody and of course, great grandma Dosa as well. But then everybody who was at that Thanksgiving, like it all just came together for everybody. It did. And it was so natural. Yeah, it certainly did. Wow. So what about sister number three? Are we just calling them sister one and two or are we going to give them some names? (laughs) (laughs) I guess we can give them names. Okay. My sister number two, the middle sister, her name is Charlotte. And we are 14 months apart. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Mm -hmm. And my youngest sister, her name is Adrella, which again uh, is unique. Her name is Adrella Roseanne. And the story behind that name is my mother knew it was the last child that she was going to have. And again, family, she wanted to pay homage to her other three sisters. So I have an aunt named Audrey and my mother's middle name is Ella. So that's where Adrella came from. And my last two aunts, her other two sisters are Rose and Anne. So my Oh sisters, my gosh. So they she just put it all in there. She put it all together. Yeah. But what a beautiful name. Yeah. Roseanne, that's gorgeous. Yes. So who was the one who had the lingerie company? So that was Adrella Roseanne. Okay. She was the one who started it. And so how did Charlotte merge into and make it then a threesome? Well, what happened was when I started the Dosa skincare line, it was a hobby. It was just me talking to some friends and making up some butters every now and again and some mineral salts and things like that. And I was doing it on my own in my basement. Did you just totally then abandon Exotic Look Naturals then? Yeah. Okay. That was rebranded as Dosa Naturals. I rebranded it. Oh, okay. 
because my mission kind of changed and my sister's, her piece of the business had just kind of fallen. So I just rebranded it and created something completely new. And when I did that, because it took off after that, that's when my sister number two, Charlotte, jumped into the fold to help because I needed help. Okay, so this is interesting then. Did you change the composite of the product also? Oh, yeah. It's been three years in the making, just changing the product itself. The staple of the brand is our body butters. And I really don't like to call them body butters, Sue, because they do have healing powers. It's not like the body butters that you see on Etsy. It's like a luxury body butter that has real healing properties. And there are only nine ingredients in it. So over time, yeah, the whole structure, the whole making of that one product, all of that changed when I rebranded the company. Okay, wonderful. And a perfect note for our listeners is the evolution of a product here, right? Because you already had one product. You kind of got your feet wet, if you will, a little bit in making a pampering product, et cetera. And then it morphed into something deeper and more and stood for something more significant, right? But you say that it really then took off. How did that happen? Mm-hmm. And so I want to just go back to that one point too. I mean, to your listeners, just to say your first thought about what your business is going to be, <laughs> it's going to change. Just expect it to change. It's almost like it reminds me of when, when we're young, right? When we're teenagers, we're not the same person that at age 15 that we're going to be at age 18 or at age 21 or even 25, we continue to evolve. And even to this day, three years later, my brand is continuing to evolve. So I just wanted to put that in there. Just know that you're not going to have all of the answers. You're not going to. And there are going to be many, many times when you feel like you are struggling, that you just don't even know what the heck you're doing or if it's even worth it to keep going. But you got to keep going and just trust yourself and just watch the business evolve and feel comfortable in the evolution of your passion and your business. So I just want to that out there. Yeah. And let me expand on that also for a second, because a lot of people that I'm working with are just afraid to even start because they feel like they have to land on the exact right thing right from the beginning. So what you just talked about addresses that too. You're not going to land on the perfect product necessarily. Like there could be some home runs, right? But it's probably going to evolve. But the thing is you have to get started. You have to move. And I can tell you my products were crap. And I'm just going to say it. When we first started out, they were crap. And I had friends and family that would use them, but then they would give me feedback and the feedback is what made the products better. Here's the one thing that's absolutely certain, Sue. If you don't move at all, you will never have a successful business. That's guaranteed, right? But if you start to move, then there are possibilities. Just taking the first step then increases your chances of being a successful entrepreneur. Absolutely. But you got to take the steps. You have to. Yes, that was a, such a valuable ad. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Okay, so let's get back to then how did you start seeing that it was taking off? You made the switch three years ago, right? Just to ground everybody. Mm-hmm. I made the switch, yeah. Okay, three years ago or so. So when did you start seeing that traction was really starting to happen? And what do you attribute that to? Well, you got to make sure that you find 
your tribe, right? So my sisters were there, but we all have different aspects of the business. I am the visionary. I'm the creator. My sister Charlotte is inventory because I hate doing that type of stuff. Oh my God, the details drive me insane. So she's in charge. She knows how much inventory we have. And my husband is in charge of really making sure that we know how much our products cost us to make and what's our profit margin and what our wholesale prices should be. And my youngest sister, Adrella, is just really good at managing money. All of this came together when I found my chamber, my chamber of the city. And I would advise anyone that's thinking of starting a business to get in touch with their local chamber because there are lots of small business and like-minded people that are trying to do the same things that you can do and you can make some connections there. But the chamber introduced me to a small store owner, a boutique store owner who allowed me to put my products in her store, right? And when she did that, people started to buy the products and start to comment on them And then more orders start to come in. And that's when I knew that I had something special and that I needed to keep going. And not only were people coming in talking about how they love the fragrance of the products, but they were also talking about how their children with eczema, and they couldn't find any other product from that, that that it was actually helping to clear that up for them. They would tell me about how in the wintertime their hands were always so dry and chapped and how my products actually helped to calm that down and combat that. And so all of this started to come in. I started to realize that I had something that was a little bit bigger than myself. It was a little bit scary at the time too, but also exciting. But yeah, finding my chamber, getting introduced to this boutique store, who gave me an opportunity to put my little products in her store, which introduced me to a whole new target audience that I probably would not have had access to. Otherwise, is what really catapulted my business. Wonderful. So you were listening to the customer, understanding what they were seeing, and you hadn't really identified the therapeutic values yet? Mm -mm. No, I didn't. You had put it into the product because you wanted it to all be natural, et cetera. But then this is when you were really like, oh, my gosh, this is Mm -hmm. doing something way bigger than I even thought, as you had said. Yes, absolutely. That is exactly what happened. I would love to say to, to everyone that's listening that I had a scientist and I spoke to some medical doctors and things and they told me exactly what I needed to put into these products to give it therapeutic advances, but that's not what happened. Again, everything happened with my company. It was pretty much like trial and error. First, knowing that I wanted to do this, right? And then researching and starting to create products and then listening to the advice from friends and relatives and adding a little bit more and then getting the product out there in the environment and listening to what was coming back. I guess when you think about just the natural products and just the elimination of preservatives and additives and things like that, when you think about it in hindsight, yeah, it's going to be better for the skin and it's going to have all of these wonderful benefits. And that's exactly how it is. Yeah, well, it would make sense that it would. But then for you to hear it is a different thing. And Sharita, I would say it was probably really good that you didn't have like a really formal marketing plan already set. Because if you did, and I'm not against planning and strategy, mind you, because that's what I teach. But Mm. if you would have been so rigid, you may not have been open to what people were telling you. 
mm-hmm. you know, and you might not have evolved as you did because you might have been so like tunnel focused on what you were thinking your plan was instead of listening to customers. Exactly. And to add to that, Sue, it's like, I think that oftentimes, you know, that whole additive about paralysis by analysis, that is true. For me, I know, just for me, this I know how my brain works. I spent 28 years in corporate and I understand bureaucracy and I understand how having too many cooks in the kitchen just further complicates things, right? So in my mind, for me, getting from A to Z, all of the detail, all that fluff in the middle, to me, causes me a little bit of anxiety. It's like information overload. It's too much. And so I didn't do a marketing plan and things like that. Just for that reason, for me, it didn't work. Some people are a little bit more rigid and they need that plan. For me, it's just like, let's. I know what I want to do. Let me just get in there and do it. I don't want to add too many cooks to the kitchen. I didn't want to hear a lot of the, I wouldn't say preachy people, but I guess I didn't need that much rigidality. I don't know if that's a word or not, because I didn't want to slow down my momentum. Right. And I would suggest that that is the huge advantage we have as small businesses. We don't have all that hierarchy that you do in corporate. It doesn't have to pass legal and production and like all these processes. We can all move so much faster and quicker than corporate ever would be able to. Yeah, that's a huge advantage. Yes, it's a huge advantage. But I am thinking you probably had a destination in sight. You know, you've already defined yourself as a visionary. So although you didn't have a marketing plan per se, can you describe right at that transition point where you were looking at the business to go? Like, what were you looking if you were to have said, okay, this is why I'm building this and this is what I see as a win for the business. What would the business then look like? Let me give you a little grounding of why I'm asking this question. One mm-hmm. of the things that I ask people all the time when they're making a transition from just, you know, making the product as a hobby just for fun to now deciding I want to monetize this and I want to start a business, I'll say, okay, are you looking at doing this part time or maybe part time at first and making it go into full time? Are you looking at being a wholesaler? Like all these questions, not that it's going to stay that way, but as a starting point versus just jumping in and having no idea where it's going to go. What were you thinking about for yourself at the transition point to Dosa Naturals? Okay. And I want to say to people too, that I started Dosa, which was originally Exotic Look Naturals, while I was working in corporate full time. Right. I knew that at some point I wanted to get out of corporate and I knew I couldn't do it right away because my family needed my paycheck. So my exit strategy was to begin to find something that I was passionate about, right? And to begin Dosa Naturals, to begin my natural skincare. And it was kind of like a hobby. I didn't know where it was going to go. But at the point when I found out that I had something larger than myself, then I started to think, all right, so what's next? How do I take Dosa to the next level? Is that what you're asking, Sue? Yeah. And I also like that you were talking about the fact that you stayed in your corporate job. Yes. That stops a lot of people. Yeah. Well, I'm not a fan of people just deciding, okay, I'm going to quit and start this business. I think that's very risky. And then it makes you look really needy too. Like if you're at a craft show in sales, you need those sales because you need to cover medical bills or food or whatever. I'm so glad you said that, Sue, because the other, if you had asked me another phrase, I got a lot of them. It's like, you cannot build a business from a place of desperation. 
You just can't do that because I believe the energy that you give out is what you will get back in, right? So if you're out there and you quit this job and you go out here and you start this business and you don't have the financial wherewithal to support just your daily basic needs, then it's going to cause you a lot of anxiety, right? And people are going to feel that and it's unnecessary. So my idea, again, and I would say this anyway, because I get a lot of people to say, I can't afford to start a business because I have a full-time job. Well, to that, I say that's just an excuse. You can find ways, anything that you really want to do, you'll find a way to do it. So while I worked in corporate and I didn't have just a desk job, I was a senior partner overseeing teams of technical leaders and experts. So my job was pretty demanding. But I really enjoyed and believed in what I was creating. And to me, that gave me just knowing that I had that made my job just a little bit more bearable because I could see the light at the end of the tunnel. And the time that I had was the weekends and the evenings. And that's what I used. But it didn't even feel like work. It just time just disappeared and it gave me it like refueled me. It gave me the energy that I needed to go into this job that I no longer desired to be at that wasn't really doing anything for me after 28 years. Would you say there were skills that you picked up in your corporate life that you apply to your business now? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the other thing, too. It's like everything that I've done, I feel like everything that I've done in my corporate life has prepared me for what I'm doing now with DOSA. I work for a global advertising agency. So when it comes to designs and copywriting and marketing, all of those skills now I apply to my business. Even though, you know, I was in technology, just being surrounded by these individuals. And it's also given me connections, invaluable connections that I still tap into today. One of my coworkers at the advertising agency that I'd known for a long time created my logo for me. I knew a photographer that I worked with at the advertising agency. And through that connection, he's taught me how to take great photographs. So I learn skills and I also have valuable connections that I still tap into today. First off, I love that you're talking about the fact that corporate was valuable. So I encourage anyone who's listening who is working, even if it's part time, whatever other job you have as you're considering what products you make and turning that into a business, what type of opportunities and skills can you take advantage of while you're still working there that will help you later? Because people don't really recognize that all the time. The other thing is, and this varies by business, I understand that, but you have some people who can be testing your products. You can start spreading the word just by sharing your products within your company too. Mm -hmm. So there's already like a mini market that you can start kind of cultivating there within a business, especially I've heard this a lot from people who are bakers. They'll start bringing their products in because they're just going to have some for lunch, you know, brownies, let's say whatever. And then they start sharing it with other people. And those end up oftentimes being their first customers. Mm -hmm. That's right. And those connections too, Sue, the connections that you can use later on that you can tap into to help you grow your business too. So again, take advantage of your situation. So I love that. Look for opportunities. I think we spend too much time on the opposite side of mindfulness, where we're focusing so much on what we cannot do instead of focusing on the opportunities that exist all around us. 
I mean, if you shift your mindset, then that enables you to see things and from a different vantage point, from a different perspective that's more positive that will actually help you as you continue down this journey. Yes, I think mindset is where it's at for sure. Mm-hmm. Everyone has different opportunities available to them too. Like you don't have to be successful based on how someone else was successful. Exactly. What are you surrounded with that you can optimize in terms of relationships, connections, all of that? Just like you were saying, Sharita, I'm loving where we're going with this. Yes. This is beautiful. Next, I'm going to ask Sharita what she thinks of the law of attraction, and you'll hear her answer right after a word from our sponsor. Yes, it's possible. Increase your sales without adding a single customer. How, you ask? By offering personalization with your products. Wrap a cake box with a ribbon saying, happy 30th birthday, Annie, or add a special message and date to wedding or party favors for an extra meaningful touch. Where else can you get customization with a creatively spelled name or fine packaging that includes a saying whose meaning is known to a select two? Not only are customers willing to pay for these special touches, they'll tell their friends and word will spread about your company and products. You can create personalized ribbons and labels in seconds. Make just one or thousands without waiting weeks or having to spend money to order yards and yards. Print words in any language or font. Add logos, images, even photos. Perfect for branding or adding ingredient and flavor labels too. For more information, go to theribbonprintcompany.com. Do you believe in the law of attraction? I absolutely do. Yes. How'd you guess? (laughs) (laughs) I do. I grew up in the Kojic church. Both of my grandfathers, both sides, maternal and paternal, were ministers. So I spent a lot of time in church and I didn't follow my family's religion as much. And I really don't know, Sue, what I truly believe in. I don't know. Some people say there's God, there is the universe. I don't know. But I do believe that there's something out there that's greater than all of us. And I do believe that what you put out is exactly what you're going to get back. I do believe that if you go out there with the mindset that you are going to be in service to others, that will come back to you. So yes, the law of attraction, absolutely. I believe in it 100%. Me too. And just your point about focusing on what potential you have and the positive versus the negative. I would encourage anybody who's listening who's never tried that, just start thinking that way and see what happens. You might be very surprised. Yeah. Or so I tell people, because I also do cognitive coaching, and it's all about understanding why people continue self-destructive beliefs and habits and things like that. And it's understanding the why that really helps you sustain um, it change. Right. So I would tell anyone, right, when we're talking about mindfulness is the next time that you think or you're wondering what you should do when you're in a certain situation that causes you a little angst and anxiety, I would suggest that you do the opposite of what you would normally do. Do the opposite and see what happens. So if you're having these negative thoughts about your next step, you know, because you're so used to doing or reacting to these negative thoughts that you have in a negative way. Instead of doing that, do the opposite. Try to shift that mindset to something positive and then do the opposite of that negative action. So not just think it, but take an action. Take the opposite action. Take an action. 
you have to move. You mm-hmm. have to move. People are at paralysis by now. Don't think too hard about it. I believe, too, that especially as women, that we have this great power of intuition. I mean, it is so powerful. And most times what we do is we don't activate it. Instead, we ignore it. And I would challenge women to really get in tune with this gift that we have. Listen to your intuition and follow it. Believe in yourself. Just believe that you can and then start to take steps. And look, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Doing this business is... I have many days where I wonder, what the heck am I doing? And maybe I'm in over my head and maybe it'd just be easier to go out and get a nine to five job. I have those moments too. It's not all roses and flower petals and things like that. But here's what I'm saying. Time heals all of that. If you continue to move, just taking baby steps, not giant leaps, just baby steps. If you walk through that pain, if you walk through that negativity, I promise you what's going to be on the other side is going to be something that's been waiting for you that that you need to get to. But you have to take the steps. You have to move. So I cannot stress the importance of that. You have to move. So if you move and you take an action... And the action doesn't work. That doesn't mean you're not cut out for it. It means now you analyze what happened, think through, and then move another way, right? Because you learn too, Sue, when you think about taking those steps and things don't work out the way that you've intended them to or the way you wanted to, there's a lesson in there. Because guess what? What you just did, you won't do again. You've learned from it. So the next step that you take, you'll apply those learnings and you just continue along that path. Mm -hmm. And life is about learning. Every time you take a step, you're going to step in some poop every now and again. That's just the way it is. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I like to think about with this too is every time I run into a conflict or a struggle, I know that other people who would get to this point will fall off. Right. So if I'm able to continue on, do it a new way, the group of people that I am competing with, if you will, is going to get smaller and smaller. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) You're knocking off the competition, Sue. (laughs) Yeah, I was hesitant when I even said that word, but nothing else came to me at the moment. I understand. (laughs) Because I do believe in abundance and that there is something out there for all of us. Yes, absolutely. But that's the point is when you meet with conflict, don't say I'm not cut out for this or I can't do this or those self-doubts that you have in the beginning have been proven out. That's not the case. Everybody runs into situations like this, challenges, obstacles that they're going to have to overcome. And so you figure out a way to do it. Let's bring this over to you, Sharita. Where was there a problem in your business? Share with us some details of how you've had to implement this within DOSA. Oh, sure. Oh, my God. Let me see where you were. Did I even start? Right. <laughs> Let's do the third one. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I've always talked about how I'm the big picture thinker, right? So I know what products I want to make and I know how I want to market those products and I know how I want to have them tie into my brand. And I think I understand what my consumers want. But if you ask me things like how much inventory do you have or how much are you spending to make the product or what's your margin or what's your wholesale pricing, that type of stuff. I hate that type of stuff. So that's always been the challenge for me in the business. And I recognize that you can't really grow if you don't ask 
for help. If you don't find your tribe, it's not a negative. It's not when you're asking for help. To me, it shows strength and not a weakness. So I started to ask people for help. My sister, she can tell you how much product we have. My husband, he can tell you how much it costs or how much we're spending to create that product or what our margins is. My cousin that I just started to tap into can tell you all the details about our social media postings and things like that. So again, to sum that up, it's like there are going to be challenges and you can be everything, but you have to realize what you need help in. I don't even want to call them weaknesses. It's just the areas that you're not as strong in and find people that can help you make those connections through your chamber or through the companies that you're working with or tap into family members to help you overcome some of those challenges. Yeah, I think that's a big deal in people don't want to ask for help because it makes them feel like they're weaker. All goes back to that whole initial idea of, am I even cut out for this, right? But if you think about it, how could anybody be an expert on everything? I mean, it's just not even feasible that you would be. And there's this mentality, I think, especially when we start out, I'll be curious if you were feeling this way, that I'm superwoman, I'm just going to do it all until I have the money and I can afford to hire someone else in or whatever, because I can do it all. And there's a lot of thinking out there now that's saying, you know, why would you spend so much time trying to learn a skill that doesn't come naturally to you versus doubling down on something that, number one, you love doing that is so natural for you and have somebody else do the other stuff? Absolutely, for sure. And when you said that, it's like, oh, are you curious as to whether or not I thought I was superwoman? Well, heck yeah, I thought I was superwoman. For sure. I'm the oldest of the three sisters. I'm always the person that people come to for all of the answers. In corporate, I was a senior partner. I was the person leading other people in this department. So yeah, I thought I was superwoman and I could do it all and I could have it all. And I fell. I fell pretty hard. You know, my sisters came over and my little area was just, I had boxes and crap everywhere. My business was failing. My mental health was failing. I'm just going to be completely honest because I was trying to do too much and my business wasn't fun anymore. It felt hard you know, because I was trying to do everything. And it wasn't until I was able to start asking for help in those areas that just do not come naturally to me, but comes naturally to others. Once I was able to tap into those resources, I was then free to do the things that I do best, which then benefits my business. And now I have the mental space to take it to the next level to think about what's next. So having that learning and having gone through all of that, what would be the advice for people of when you add on or start asking for help? What's the, not where you get to, where you were really risking your health and everything, but what's your advice for someone of where is there a recognizable point where you would add in or just ask for help? Is it right at the beginning? No. So I think that's going to be different for every person. It goes back to trusting your intuition too, and being mindful and listening to your body And that's going to be different because some folks have a higher tolerance than others for certain things and certain aspects of the business. But I think the moment that you realize that 
you're not enjoying what you're doing anymore, it's probably the moment where you need to do some self-reflection and figure out what it is that's causing you this angst and anxiety. And then once you figure that out, how can you find some offset that? How can you tap into resource? What can you do to help offset that? So yeah, I guess in short, it would be when you feel like you're no longer having fun. Got it. And that doesn't mean necessarily you even add an employee. No. I mean, you might go and just on a project basis, I need help with my website. Like there are Uh some major problems and you hire someone just to work on that problem, not to be the person who owns your website. No, exactly. So there's little like it can be project oriented, one time project, or it can be tasks that they do throughout the whole business. Right. So great topic. It's about being creative about where you find your resources, because I find resources from all over the place. Including the chamber. I love that you talk about that. Including the chamber. Yep. (laughs) And Facebook groups too. You know, Valparaiso, the city that I live in, if you're looking for someone with special skill sets, like I needed someone to help me with SEO optimization on my website. So what I found out is that there are schools and colleges around me and universities where there are students that are learning to do this stuff. And if you reach out to the schools, they will put you in contact with students that can help you with things like SEO optimization for almost nothing. So being creative and looking at different places for resources to help you. Perfect. Okay. I have a couple more questions. I'm looking at our time. I have a couple more questions I absolutely want to get to. I so love this idea of people bringing back their containers. Mm -hmm. I think of that all the time when I'm throwing away whatever product it is. It's like, oh my gosh, this is such a waste and bad for the environment and all the other things, right? Absolutely. How did this idea come about and how does it actually work within your business? Oh, sure. So again, yes, the universe, there's an abundance in the universe, but you do have to try to find ways to make your brand stand out. That's just the reality of the business. You have to try to figure out what's most important to your target audience, to your consumers and doing the research about our consumers, because I also connected myself with the Small Business Bureau in Indiana. And I would suggest that others do that too. It's a free service. Yes. So I, I know it's about time too. I could sometimes I run up. But anyway, so my consumers were not only concerned about natural skincare products, but they were also concerned about the environment. So in my mind, it's like, how do I mesh the two? How do I add that as a staple in my brand? And just doing some research, I know some of the big brands are doing it, like Unilever is starting to do it too, that that they have this program, this waste-free program. And that is what launched this idea for our consumers. Look, once you purchase our products, when they're empty, we pay you. We send you a postage paid shipping label with your order. You just pop that on a box, put your empty container in it, ship it back to us, and we will recycle it for you. And you get a 10% discount on your next order. Beautiful. Because what you've done there is then put in a recurring revenue base for you. Because if people have 10%, it's not a coupon. So it's Mm -hmm. not a natural, just, I guess, a regular kickback coupon or something, right? But It's in your system now to do that. Yes. What percent? Okay, so now this might not be fair because you already talked about the fact that you don't like numbers. Mm. But what percent, just even if it's a gut feel of your customers will actually take you up on that and return the containers? 
Oh my God. I think that's what most of the customers, I mean, even I would even say, I'm not going to say they don't like the products, but they really feel strongly about that. I would say about 80% of our customers take us up. Wow. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And then of that, what percentage do you think reorder? It would be, I would say another 80% because once you send that container back, you're top of mind, right? You're going through this action and it's so easy then for you to just log back onto the website, place your next order, bada bing, bada boom, you're done. Yeah, because you've got the coupon right there, right then. So you might as well use it before you forget. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. And again, it's not a coupon. It's like you go online and it's just no shipping. The system knows. Got it. Okay. Yes. And so do you assign it to their account in the website? Yes. Oh, so it's already sitting there for them. Already done. Oh, even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Already ah. done. Ah. Yes. What a great idea that is. So, and again, I guess listening to your customer and identifying things that were care abouts for them and how you could integrate that in on top of your product. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we've already established that you sell wholesale because you have some product in at least the one boutique that I know of right now. You also are out at shows because that's how I saw you. And you also sell online. Yes. Okay. How do you feel? So that's a lot of things, right? A lot of different ways. How do you feel that's working for you? Is there one better than another? Or what advice do you have for people who are looking at that same kind of selling model? Yeah. So to me, it's at the end of the day, it's all about diversification, right? It's like trying to find a way to have revenue streams come in from a lot of different locations, right? There are a lot of people and reaching as many people as you can. A lot of people don't want to go online. So you want to get in again, understanding what your consumers want. So in the stores is a sales channel that's working very well for us through wholesale. Going out and meeting people face-to-face is how we continue to increase our audience or our consumers. They get to know about us and we extend our reach that way as well. And then through social media is the next one that we're going to be trying. I just say diversify. Try to get yourself out there in as many sales channels as you possibly can. And this didn't start, I mean, three years in the making. For me, it was just all online initially. And then we opened ourselves up. Well, we got into the store. Then we opened ourselves up to the one of kind and the trade shows. And next month, we'll be at a wholesale event in Atlanta where we will have buyers. We'll just be taking orders from buyers. Hopefully, we'll get a lot of orders. So it's the evolution of all of that. Step one was one. Step two was something else. Step three was something else. So. Right. Well, and as you were talking, you just keep growing and growing and, and trying things and then seeing what works, seeing what doesn't, et cetera. I also think that people who see you, like everyone who's a recipient of the products that I bought from you, they're all holiday gifts, <laughs> okay, are going to want to buy more. And they may not be in Chicago. They might not be at a one of a kind show. They might not be at the trade shows because they're not a buyer. And so you have online options for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Diversify. Diversify. And I will say, and I'm just putting this up as a red flag for anyone who's listening, I have seen many people who sell at craft shows not have a way for people to repurchase, you know, through an online opportunity. And then you've lost them. And then you've lost them. You know, you've already gotten your product into their hands. Like it's there already. Mm -hmm. So if that's you, don't feel bad, you know, like just think about it and make some adjustments and put that in play because you're losing dollars. 
Definitely, That's if you true. don't have that as part of your overall plan. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. As you look out into the future, Sharita, what are you thinking is coming next? I want to get into some of the larger stores. That's one of the primary objectives. And the other two is our customers are asking us if they're able to sell our products. So we're also looking at the possibility of certifying consultants, independent consultants that will sell our products and receive commissions. So that's another avenue that we're exploring. But I recognize it took a long time to build the brand and I don't want to dilute the brand. So I'm trying to figure out how best to do that, what that framework is going to be. But that's another potential sales channel that we're also investigating. Beautiful. And again, because people are suggesting and asking it, but I love the fact Mm -hmm. that you really hold the brand and everything that you represent close to you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, you don't make the play in return for money and possibly minimize the value of the brand. I love that. And I asked this question because I want people to understand that there's always an evolution. There's always potential for what's next. I don't know if you feel this way, but even for me, for my businesses, like I get to a certain point and that's where I was dreaming to be. And then when I'm there, there's more. Yep. There's always more. There's always more. And I love it. It's very exciting what you talk about in terms of your more. It's very cool. Mm -hmm. So, Sue, it's like all you have to do is put yourself out there. And if you are staying true to your core values and the essence of who you are, if you are staying true to that, your passion will shine through. And you'll start to make connections. And all this stuff happens organically. It's not like I'm planning everything step by step, day by day. But by virtue of me getting out there, talking to people, being front of consumers, listening to what they have to say, the next idea just kind of organically just shows itself. It just happens. The guarantee is that if I don't get out there, if I'm not taking these steps, my business, nothing will happen. That's the guarantee. Right. But I don't know what's next. I don't know until I get out there and I actually start taking steps and talking to people. It's really exciting. Yeah, it's really exciting because that's the unknown. It's like a big mystery. Right. But then the other thing that you're doing is you are listening. You're considering how that would work within your business. And then you're doing something with the information. Right. My guess is there have been some ideas that you will say, nope, doesn't fit with what we want to do. Like you have a filter of what's actually going to work for you and your business and your product. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. The one thing I learned about being in advertising and marketing where your brand is everything, you have to be very, very careful not to dilute that. Because once you're out there, your consumers, it's really important to them that they understand what you stand for and what you are. And they then align themselves to that. And you got to be careful not to drift too far one in one direction or the other. It's really important just to stay true to what your brand is. And that's an exercise I would encourage everyone to get involved in is if you're thinking about doing it, what are you doing? What is your brand? What do you stand for? And if you cannot, what's your mission statement? And you should be able to write that up and have it in one sentence. If someone asks you, you should be able to, in a couple of seconds, be able to blurt out what that mission statement is and let that be your guide. Our brand is family friendly, environmentally friendly, and natural. 
And if someone makes a suggestion about us changing something within our product line, something about the brand that does not stay true to that nine ingredients, that's it. And now too, with the sales thing, you know, if we can't make a certain profit margin too, that type of stuff goes into that and you check off the list. And if it does not meet those criteria, then you can do it. Right. It makes it really easy to make some of these decisions. Yeah. And unfortunately, some things that you think, oh, this would be really fun to do or, you know, it's in my wheelhouse, so it would be so easy and natural. If it doesn't align to what your core values are and your product and your branding and all of that, that is where I think people start to sway off, especially makers, because a lot of makers can make everything. (laughs) Right. And so then you start diluting because you don't stand for anything anymore. Oh, mm-hmm. you don't stand for thing. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So when our listeners now have become so super excited and they want to know all about Dosa Naturals, where would be the single place online that you would send them to learn more about you? DosaNaturals.com. Okay. That's pretty easy. D-O-S-A, everybody. DosaNaturals.com. I'm quite sure that leads you everywhere else you would want to go, right? And one other place, you know, if you really, really want to know all things about me, you could also go to SharitaLucas.com. Perfect. And as you all know, there'll be a show notes page. I will have links to all the social media sites, the websites again, et cetera, so you can go and check out all the products. But there's one thing you guys can't do, unfortunately, which is smell the products. And you're just going to have to take it from me. They are (laughs) amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. They are. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So in addition to them being really healthy and also therapeutically good for you, they also smell fabulous. (laughs) Thank you, Sue. Yeah. And you don't get to know that unless you try the products or they might see people might see you, right? So Mm -hmm. Atlanta, Chicago area, how many shows do you do a year right now? Well, we try to do no more than we do two big ones a year. Okay. Sharita, this has been such a fabulous interview. And as always, I never know the direction that it's going to take, but I really like that we did a lot of thought process and mind work and how that overlays on top of a successful business. And I had no idea when I met you. I mean, you're just so bubbly and fun and great to be around. But the depth of the conversation on some of these mindset things can be the difference between a successful business and not. And your perspective on this has been so valuable. Oh, thank you, Sue. I hope it helped. I really hope it helped. I'm excited for everybody. Me too. And it's so fun to see people bringing new products to market. And we want them all. Yes, we do. In abundance in the universe. There you go. That's what we are ending on because that is perfect. Again, Sharita, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Sue, for having me. I am quite certain that great grandma Dosa is smiling down right now. If you close your eyes and pretend to breathe in the beauty and the scent of Southern Magnolias, you've captured the brand that these women have created. I just love their energy, their drive, and their passion. Don't you? We're getting close now to setting our sights on spring, the popular season for weddings. As many of you already know, there's a lot that goes into a wedding, all the services and coordination, not to mention the money-making potential if your product aligns with weddings. That's what we're going to get into next week, and I can't wait for us to be back together again then. Bye for now. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. 
It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week to get reaction from other people, and just for fun, because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze today 